Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Moonscast. I'd say Moonstone then, we've got the name of my own podcast. Um, so in this one I'm getting Chris and Lauren on the phone again, which is nice, so I did the last podcast with them. And um, this time we're going to talk about a battle report that they've done, or a battle that, you know, game they've had and they've, and they've put it up on their channel, Dyson Wood Life. Um, so it's the Moonstone 4 player two-headed giant that they played, it was fairies versus gnomes and humans. Um, so first thing first really is if you've not watched the battle yet do go on to Dyson Wood Life and watch that battle report um, it's only about 45 minutes long so it's not too bad um, I mean you can enjoy the podcast obviously without listening to it we will talk about a lot of different bits of it but it will make it easier to listen to this podcast if you've heard that if you've watched that already um, really looking forward to doing this one with Chris and Bowen again they're such nice people um, really enjoy watching their games. Um, this one in particular looked like it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of sort of laughing and jokes in it, which is really great. That's really what Moonstone is all about. So anyway, let's get Chris and Lauren on the phone, and we'll crack on. Back on again. Um, Hello. I just disappeared for a second there. So Chris and Lauren are back. Hi guys. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> just been talking for about an hour. So I'm, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just to recap, we're talking about the uh, battle report. So when we're when we're recording this, it's just gone up. Um, but obviously you'll have to go back onto Dicing with Life and go and watch the report. Um, so we'll start by talking about the troops. And what's, what's nice is that Chris is, was on one side and Lauren on the other, so they can represent Dominion and Commonwealth themselves. Um, so I don't mind uh, who goes first. I'll let you two decide that. <laughs> um, so, okay, well, let's start with... I'll just point to the Chris. Start with Chris. <laughs> so why... <laughs> Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> you choose those. Yeah, <laughs> why did you choose those fairies? And well, not just fairies, but trolls. But why did you, why did you go for those ones? Oh, so um, it was it was a weird one at first. I was going to go for kind of the rogue DPS fairy list. I think we discussed it in our, our last podcast, um, and then I just decided against it. I wanted to because I was going to put Muradai into the mix. And give them that extra one arcane stat, which I think they, they kind of need a lot of the time. Um, I just decided against it, and I've decided uh, it'd probably be best if we had like a little bit of muscle each. Um, we each take a melee, uh, a healer, um, and then one other one, basically. Uh, we actually, it was the first game we sat down and picked our cards in front of the other, other people and tried to get the most sort of balanced match. Um, we told them we were going to run a double fairy list and we did think about uh, running it with one fairy list and one something else but uh, fairies being very selfish they only help each other um, so it's they can be aided by other things generally but not very good at aiding other things so we decided just to get the, the maximum synergy we'd just go all fairies um, we decided not to as I say not to go with eight because that would have brought that synergy up a little bit higher but decided to go with some trolls instead yeah yeah, yeah i mean i mean boulder and bristol nose are pretty good um are good to put with fairies uh 
both I mean Boulder obviously is a good uh, moonstone helper um which fairies often need you know yeah they're they hardest is picking up moonstones I mean wasp can help with that by doing um rage I think it's called but yeah Boulder and Bristol, but and, and like you say they've got they've got a lot of health and they're tough and mm-hmm. both of them have got and um yeah no I, I thought I thought that the um the two the two fairy lists so just to, for anyone who's not seen it so the two fairy lists were Boulder, Wasp, Silvertongue and Freya and then Bristlenose, Diana, Gwendolyn and Fencer and you have got kind of every aspect of Dominion in there you've got a big heavy hitter in each one you've got a fairy melee in each one Wasp and Fencer and they're both really good you've got um, a healer in both Freya's one of the best healers in the game uh, and Gwendolyn is a different kind of healer she's a sneaky healer yeah and then you, and then then you've got that bit of I mean yeah. Freya's also dealing some damage if you need to and then you've got really the fairy the fairy magic master and Diana who can just deal out horrendous amounts of damage and then silver tongue is always nice for a bit of you know dicking over your opponent <laughs> yeah um, I I love a little bit of that, to be honest. <laughs> love a little bit of that. Silvertongue's pretty much the ultimate screw you to anyone. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Done some nasty stuff with him in the past, but actually, interestingly, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it when we look further down, but how you use Silvertongue, I thought was really interesting, actually, in this game. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, so, Lauren, what about your humans and gnomes? Um, what made you choose the ones that you you went for well uh so we decided to go with gnomes because they've got a good range on them which is uh which was good against the fairies um in terms of being able to try and do a bit of damage to them um but also with uh knowing that we could boost young jack as well um to have that melee so kind of whatever way the moonstones fell we knew we could kind of go get in there and protect um protect our characters somewhat well we hoped we could anyway um, we wanted to use Gertrude, so that kind of made sense to put some humans with the gnomes, because um, we hadn't played Gertrude before against the fairies, uh, me or Eli, so we thought that would be interesting. And then the rest of the list kind of came out from that, so uh, Eric was useful because he could boost young Jack. Um, and we chose Quack because uh, he was able to use the upgrade cards, so this was our first time trying out the upgrade cards as well. Um, we wanted to give him the ability to bring characters back, which we thought would be quite useful with this list, that we could sort of go in there and try and grab Moonstones, fight a bit, and if things die, we can just bring them back. Um, which yeah. which is a lot. Quite... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think the list made a lot of sense again. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the gnomes certainly is, a, is, I mean, the gnomes you bought is basically your anti-fairy gnomes. Mama um, Gimbal's pretty hard to kill when she's got other gnomes around her. Quarrel can can be particularly when he's near Mama Gimbal can actually pick off fairies. Jack is good because he's minus one damage against everything, and Gradic is again. Whereas Silver Tongue's the ultimate screw you to anyone else. Gradic is the ultimate screw you to fairies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that works uh, to start off with. So, yeah, yeah. We were pleased with our lists. Yeah, definitely. Um, your human list again, yeah. Uh, Eric is a particularly when you've got the Baron, Baron Von Fancy and Jack. Eric is 
you know, if you can position him, if you can get lucky and position him between the two of them, it's both of them with plus two melee. Um, and Gertrude, yeah, Gertrude's your ultimate fairy hunter, so why would you not bring her? Well, I think that was uh, one of the interesting things um, about these lists was that we actually played kind of a pre-game with them before we filmed the, the game that, that we played all the way through. And um, on that one, the way that we rolled for Table Edge to start off with, we ended up with um, the teams on opposite sides of the boards. Whereas with this game that we filmed, we were on adjacent sides and that made it a lot easier to position uh, the characters so they could support each other. Um, that was an interesting kind of difference between the two games that we played for the double-headed giant. Yeah, I can't remember who, how the role went for uh, deployment because when you deployed, you had all your gnomes together, which is standard, gnomes want to be right together. And then the humans were quite far away from the gnomes to start with. Um, and the fairies were kind of pretty much in that one corner. Um, was there a, did you find, do you, do you think you both preferred two-headed giant where you were on adjacent board edges or do you think it was better being opposite it was definitely a lot easier to support your um other team member being on adjacent table edges because you had much more opportunity to bring the characters together quicker whereas when we were on opposite sides it was a bit like um so the fairies i think went towards uh eli wasn't it and sort of picked, yeah. picked off a lot of his characters before the gnomes could get anywhere near to help at all, so it made it quite difficult. Yeah. I think it's probably probably particularly difficult for that Commonwealth list because the gnomes who are supportive in that are quite slow. Um, I mean, Mama Gimbal is slow anyway, but even Graddock, although he can jog normally, he doesn't have a lot of energy to do much stepping, so yeah. he can't get in there to help the humans. I can see why that would be difficult, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, fairies they wouldn't have minded as much, um, being on opposite table edges because, no, as you said, they were fish, perfectly but... happy just uh, coming over and murdering all the humans while the gnomes just stood there and went, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened in the in the t in the two round game. Yeah, um, we, we literally just played a very quick game just to like check out the synergies and everything. Uh, and basically, we um, two of the fairy players because we could just like move so quickly, we just completely wiped out um, the other player. Um, you know, like the, the, the Commonwealth player, we just picked on him because he was just like, "Well, sod facing fairies, uh, no, I'm sorry." When you have to draw your arcane card and show it at the same time, I was like, "Why am I doing that? Why not just go kill some humans and then I can get my teammate to like, double gang up on these because like, it's gonna take a while to get over." Uh, it's basically like kind of what we did. Um, we kind of realised that um, our units were probably a little bit more um, self-sufficient. In terms of like the synergies between uh, each of our units, or uh, each of our four was probably a little bit stronger individually. Um, as a whole, I'd say it was reasonably equal. Um, the thing that really let you down was the moonstone positioning and the fact you yeah, didn't get to pick first. So it just... made a big difference because the moonstones were not friendly to gnomes at all. Yeah, they were like because of the way the they first... were positioned they were having to be split up even though they were on the adjacent side. So one of them, I'm, so, I'm very sorry, on like the southern edge of the board, what, uh, what Lauren had to place hers very much to the right. And then on the western side of the board, he had to place his very north to, to get control of the moonstones early on. Uh, so that's another thing that, again, really did um, swing the game a little bit more in our favour. 
Yeah, it's it's quite hard to get a decent to get a fair moonstone drop when you're playing four player. Um, when you're playing two player, you can kind of even it up a bit easier. Um, yeah. I think that's part of the fun with the four player. When I mean, when you're playing a four player game, particularly two headed giant, you, you're playing it for fun, aren't you? You're not playing to competitively. You're playing uh, it for a laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we always do have a laugh. So. Yeah, it truly was, it truly was a laugh. Um, even at the end, when we were really tired and struggling to pick cards, we at were still. It was still just uh, <laughs> proper laughing about it. Um, just some yeah, of the. Yeah, I have to say, you st- you're sounding pretty perky even at the end. Yeah, it was, uh, the, the, oh, the, the game was just so exciting. Um, like none of the the moves were either absolutely pathetic or just so major. It was like just one of them games where, yeah, either very little happened or the worst thing happened possible. Um, very much one of them games, I feel. Yeah, there were yeah. a couple of uh, epic. Really? Uh, sorry. Yes, you know, go on a lot lower, what are you going to say, Zoe? I think there were a couple of pretty epic moments in that game. I think it was a good one to film because there were some there were some moments where we were just like, what? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. We had, um, to cut, we had to cut a lot of that out, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. absolutely outrageous. Like, we, you know, we're only playing with each other, but like, we, you know, we, we don't want to show that to other people. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's our personal stuff. <laughs> Um, so yeah, cool. So yeah, like the the troops looked looked good. Um, I mean, if you could think of, if you could play it again, would you change your troops at all? Um, we swap out any characters? Do you reckon? It's like a, a bit of a tough one because like two two of our models didn't really uh, play much of a role in the in the game at all. Um, so the defensive, the for example, actually done very little. We was, yeah. <laughs> was hovering around on the sidelines, um, and um, Boulder. Uh, <laughs> sorry, our friends just trying to sneak past. We we just crossed him up. He's crawling on the floor. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we just had like Boulder, who um, he had wheelbarrow, which basically means he could carry like moonstones without penalty and. Just didn't get any moonstones out of the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Fenter was a bit unfortunate not, not getting Fenter up into the into the melee. But did did Fenter pick up a stone as well? No, we um, reduced one uh, by two steps, I think, to allow another fairy to to pick it up. Um, that was it. Yeah, I think I think if I was to play again, it would literally I'd just play a completely different list just to try something else. Uh, I was quite quite happy with my list. How about you, Lauren? Yeah, I think we were happy, and there was a bit of talk for the humans about um, and right up to the wire. Like in terms of this playing, we were still sort of debating: would it be better to swap some of the human list around a bit? The gnomes were always going to be that list because that list just works so well. Um, but I think there was a bit of talk about: should we have Quack and should we have uh, Baron von Fancy Hat, or should we swap them out for? Uh, Brian Flavius, yeah, Brian and, Flavius. Uh, Brother Daniel was, was. Uh, up there in the list. Oh, yeah, Brother Daniel was also uh, up in the running for that as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, two hours to decide yeah. actually which humans to put in this list. <laughs> yeah, th- th- those are the two, Baron and Quack are the, ch- the two that I would have said could be swapped out of that list. Um, yeah, Fry Flavius is quite good against fairies because he's on um, divine intervention, which can be a bit. It just makes you think, as a, as a fairy player, it makes you think twice about yeah. Yeah. in case. 
Um, the other one possibly is I'm not saying like a big guy like like um, Gotka. Could be quite good. Um, um, so that, that was yeah, the one I, I recommended. We, we you, did you consider put putting uh, a big guy in there. Um, there was a lot of debate about that whether it would be best to have a big guy, knowing that they were taking big guys. Yeah. But in you, the end. We were happy with uh, how it worked out and how the list played, but I think it would be interesting to play it again with swapping those characters out and see what difference it makes. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the game was, um, after watching the video, the, the game was actually a lot closer than what it looked like, if that makes sense. Um, because uh, yeah. there's just points where it looks like the, the fairies really do dominate, but like uh, because we don't uh, show the cards all the health points, so there's moments where all the fairies are on very, very low health. Um, and it was just by uh, cheeky uh, Freya. Yeah, we know what that is. Uh, Freya with her. Yeah, um, cheeky just Freya. Everything. Just yeah. Yeah. She did some mental healing. Yeah. So we we talked to our friend because uh, we were asking him what his method for deciding whether we're, we're bluffing or not um, <laughs> when we play as fairies, and he just says it's random. He basically said he looks at his hand, and if he hasn't got it in his hand, he will randomly just say truth or, or bluff. And he said the reason for this is, is because he knows um, with someone like Freya and Silvertongue nearby, even if we have that card in our hand, the first one we might try and bluff or halfway through try and bluff to get all that extra energy. So he's actually caught us out like with some really crazy like catches it's really odd how he how he catches us out sometimes, but we actually found out it's just all random. He'll randomly <laughs> say bluff or go. Yeah, and you might have seen that in our other videos. Like sometimes when we're playing with him, he just literally keeps going bluff, bluff, bluff. And you're like, why are you still saying bluff? He's clearly got more cards to put out. He's going to do more and more damage, and he just keeps going bluff. But yeah, on, on, on the flip side, the amount of times he's, he's actually caught me out when anyone else would be just like, yeah, fine, I'll just let it go. Just stop shooting me. And I'll go, actually, yeah. bluff, free extra energy, I'm doing it again. <laughs> Start the whole um, cycle again. I heard someone say they do bluffing randomly. Most people will try and, like, read their opponent's face or, I mean, to be honest, because, like, my, my main opponent is obviously Jack. Um, and we've pretty much given up trying to read each other's expressions because, basically, we're both too good at double, 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 double bluffing each other. Yeah. So... I literally do it like by the, the pretty much the maths now. Like I do it by statistics. Like if I <laughs> call the two one of them, I'll probably I might call a bluff, depending on what he's playing as well. Because yeah. um, we can't do it by reading expressions anymore. I mean, we we probably played fifty games. Um, we 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 can't do expressions anymore because if he like laughs or something, it's, he's probably bluffing with that or double bluffing with that. Yeah, so yeah. It's, uh, the, you... the mind games behind the arcane is is so amazing. When you actually yeah. talk to your opponent after the game and you ask their sort of logic and reasoning behind it, it is it's so bizarre. But it kind of has to go that way because there's no other mechanic in any other game like this that I've seen. It's a really no. unique and fantastic thing. I'm always surprised. I think I think. I don't know if I'm letting something, letting something out about how I play. I don't tend to call bluff that much, basically, mm. which... That's good to can, know. Can I, well, <laughs> then, then you'll think I'm not going to call it, and I will. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> but 
because I'm, I'm always well I think maybe, maybe I do call it enough but I'm always surprised at how much people call bluff like particularly when like like I've played against I've played in tournaments where I've played against people who have never met me before and are constantly calling my bluff and I'm like no that's that's not a full damage mate <laughs> I'm surprised. like I want to call bluff then like I don't know I, I always but it's an interesting thing isn't it people play that and it's the, that's the one of the beauties of the game isn't it yeah it isn't just a it isn't just about the models that you've got and the rules they've got. It's about how you play that mechanic. And it is interesting that people do it differently. Um, but yeah, so um, the other thing I was going to add, going, going back a couple of steps, is have you got um, Dim and Dimmer or not? Because he's quite a good anti-fairy. Yes, yeah. and he was definitely in the uh, in the running as well. It's just that he was on the painting table at the time. Um, so... Right. He wasn't. He, no, there was something that was on the painting table that we couldn't take. Oh, ribbles. Yeah, ribbles. That was it. Ribbles. Because we were thinking about do we do this list or do we do a goblins kind of list? I was sitting there sweating when she said dim and dimmer. Yeah. Like, I could feel just a sweat bead running down the yeah. side of my face. That's fine. If you, take, um, <laughs> if you take revival, it doesn't work against his end step effects. Yeah. Because his end step is then removed from play, Yeah. Not, not slain. So you can't even do revival with it. So, yeah, he's a very scary anti-fairy. Yeah, um, he really is terrifying. I, I haven't faced him yet, luckily, and luckily he's mine. So uh, I've been k- keeping him in a locked cupboard, <laughs> all like lasers and everything like that, and that like will alert me and electrocute whoever's trying to touch him. It's a really sophisticated <laughs> system. Yeah, well, unfortunately, <laughs> like I will have another one. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll just sneak one in the house and you won't know, and then you'll just put it on the table and go, ha Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, cool. So, moving on to um, turn one, uh, a couple of bits. So, Gradic moved, uh, did a snare, Gertrude did a couple of shots, then, um, Wasp attacked Gertrude after that. Um, yeah. Gertrude got to reload. Uh, all kind of standard stuff so far. Um, one thing I didn't, I didn't know if you are just saying it for a laugh, <laughs> which you might have done, is it was in that Wasp and I made a note here that um, someone said, oh, critical defence. Because it laid like three. It probably was. Yeah, um, it, was, it was just a joke. <laughs> he, he always does that. Like he'll just put down like three low guards, just because yeah. he has just three of can, them. Just because he can, even though he knows it won't make any difference. Yeah. Well, it, it, it can make a difference on things like um, Young Jacks, because um, it multiplies everything on the card, doesn't it? Yeah. So Absolutely. if your card pushes them two inches, and you play three of them, pushes them six inches. Um, because uh, the one that's best for that is um, Boom Boom McBoom. It's got a, his end step effect is I think he can move four inches. So if you move more than one of it, he can move like 12 inches. Yeah, yeah which uh, is uh, just another reason to like goblins, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Quarrel shot Boulder and you ignored the catastrophe because of... Um, Gradic, Quack got a bluffed healing, always nice. And then you had the uh, ultimate stone song fail. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, or whatever. Should have seen his face when that kept happening. He was. Uh, <laughs> Why does this yeah. keep happening to me? Yeah. <laughs> it's because you suck, Mike. You suck at this game. <laughs> Draw better cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, Funny enough, like uh, Boulder used to only have an arcane of two as well. We actually improved his arcane because we realised stone was never really working. Yeah. Um, so I improved his arcane to three, but um, it is a bit sad when that happens, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, it's one of the things of the game, though. Um, I played a really... Uh, I lost so badly. I was playing with uh, humans. Uh, I wanted to learn them a little bit more uh, because we're going to be start ready into demo games again soon. I just lost horrendously. Like Every hand I had just did not have any of the cards I needed, basically. Um, yeah, it was just, it was really bad, but it, it happens. Uh, it, it really does happen. Um, it was quite, quite a fun game, though, I must say. It, it was really funny, just the, <laughs> the look of disappointment and the tears rolling down the side of my cheek every time I picked up some arcane cards. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, so after that, Gwen got Gradakin, which was a good move. You wanted Gradak to be nice and close to some hitters. Um, mm-hmm. it's a good one. That's one of the things that Gwen. That's why Gwendolyn's really good. And actually, that was a really. I, I I noticed that when um in deployment, you put Gwendolyn next to Bristlenose, um, and that was a good bit of deployment because then you can draw someone in towards Bristlenose and he just hits them really hard. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Um, this was the thing that I found interesting coming up. So. Eric gave a couple of energy to the Baron, which is all kind of normal. But you did a lot of whispered secrets with whispered secrets with Silvertongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not something I use much with him. So it was quite interesting to see him use it differently. I, I almost always do um, mind control. Mind control. Yeah, so I do do that. Um, but it's kind of just like a, a, a one-shot thing. Because generally after you've walked something away, you, you can't um, do it again. Um, so Michael was actually um, playing with him. I have I have used I have used that ability. Um, uh, the the mind control is really really good if you get it on like a big guy. Um, it's just walk up to the Baron and just be like I'm hitting you. Um, yeah. It's it's really irritating. It's probably not going to kill him, but it's just really irritating that I've moved the model away from my model and all this uh, all this stuff. But the the whispered secrets. I have I've done some really ridiculous tactics with that in the past. Um, I've been constantly casting it on myself and giving myself either two or three energy back. And then while doing that, occasionally throw a bluff in there to then give myself an extra two on top of that, as well as the two that I've just said that I've got as well. I've literally had silver tongue on just epic amounts of energy um, yeah. and like dishing it out to... There are other things as well. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think really good. Used it really. It's it's very that tactic is extremely luck reliant though. Um, it's not it's, it's it's not the best tactic, but sometimes when you're feeling cheeky, uh, it just works for you. You just got to have that little glint in your smile, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it works really well for you. There was one point later on where he did it on. Um, Freya, and you know Freya on like six energies, fucking terrifying. Oh yeah. Um, 
One, because just you know, that, that's healing all the fairies as much as she likes. But also doing um, Fizzle Pop is not funny that you can do it like three times. So, um, no, I think you use Whisper Secrets really well. It was an interesting, it was an interesting use of Silvertongue. It was quite just different to how I've seen him used before uh, and different to how I tend to use him. Um, well, that was really good. And then um, Diana did Feed on Fear and Horrifying Visions, pretty standard Diana stuff. Yeah. Um, rest of that turn was all kind of pretty standard, really. Um, the only bit that was a bit uh, sort of like, yeah, Freya heals herself and Diana at the end, and then Bristol Nose kills Graddock, which is a bit sad, turn one. I was so happy. Um, <laughs> uh, I've, I've never actually managed to kill the old folk before. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I was. I was just so pleased when I finally, for the first time, took him off the board. Um, felt really, really good. They they usually cause me so much grief as a fairy player. They're the, the, just yeah. the worst, worst things to come across uh, in terms of like stifling your your arcane. They're particularly bad against the the arcane fairies rather than the the, the melee fairies. But yeah, I was, that did please me greatly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Braddock is the ultimate anti-arcane, really. Um, yeah. A fun list is a fun list is like Braddock with um, Brian Flavius. That's just horrible. And actually with Gertrude, um, that's a pretty mental anti-fairy list. Because yeah. um, you've got Gertrude who's minus two against magic damage. Um, uh Fire Flavius, who you're just a bit scared about casting stuff near him, and then Graddock as well, and you're just like, oh man, what can I do against this? <laughs> um, but yeah, I was quite sad to see him go, I'll be honest, because I quite, I, although I, because I've, I've got names and I play them, well, I play everyone, but um, I felt quite sad for you, Lauren. I thought, oh, <laughs> well, <I laughs> that's mean, your answer. <laughs> we weren't too sad because obviously Quack had uh, Revival oh, Elixir, and um, so there was potential to bring him back. Um, I mean, obviously, that's not what happens, but there was potential <laughs> to bring him back. Um, so, so we weren't too worried uh, to start off with about that. And we had some plans about we could bring him back and that's how it could work. Or we might bring someone else back and it would work differently. Um, but at least we had options. So I think that was uh, interesting. Although the uh, Revival Elixir cards changed now. So I think since we did that. Yeah, I can't remember what it says game. now, actually. I did, did look at it. So it works a bit differently. It would be interesting to see what difference that would have made. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it's changed to, actually. I don't know. Because um, there's a couple of different revival ones, I think. There's another one that if you're within four inches of someone when they die, I think. Or there's one um, where you put it on someone, and if they die, they come back on their board edge. Um, oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I um, do think actually, it. Yeah, it's definitely been changed. I'm just looking it up. That's why I'm being quiet. So it now <laughs> says uh, whenever a friendly model is slain within four inches, so they have to actually, there's kind of that distance criteria on there, where, whereas before it was just if, if you've got a friendly slain model, you can bring it back. Um, then this character may spend one energy, and if they do, the character is not slain and remains in play with one wound, and that's once per turn. So it's quite different to the Revival Elixir upgrade that we were trying out in that game. Yeah. Interestingly, that, that newer version of Revival was one that Tom took when I played against him. Um, yeah. I mean, he unfortunately got no use out of it, because whenever I killed someone, they were more than four inches away from the person that had it. <laughs> but, 
we did make it, it does make you, I think the thing with the thing with the revival elixir, the old version, is it's kind of very simple to use. You just put it on them if you need it and use it. Whereas the, the, the upgraded one, you have, you, it makes you, because it's really good, your character's not dying. But the newer version means you have to think about how you move your yeah, models the, around. The placement is a lot more key in that, in that situation. So we would have had to do things quite a lot differently um, if we'd have been playing with the, the new version of the up, upgrades. I think that would have made a difference to the game. Yeah, I kind of feel so, the... Uh, sorry, I kind of feel the um, revival elixir they had was actually probably the downfall um, of like basically the the, the reason we won is because I think Quack had to spend, end up spending so much energy to keep bringing people back to life. He wasn't yeah, keeping he their other ones alive, and he didn't really. Yeah. Was doing so it's kind of a trade-off. Like, do you bring someone back, or do you use Quack for actually doing something else? Like healing. Like healing. <laughs> Which we kind of need. Yeah, to. Isn't it? tricky. That was a tricky one. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. They don't have an answer really. It's a new thing to the upgrade cards are so new. It's hard. It's going to take more games with them to know which was which is the best way of doing it really. Because um, I have I have played a game before. I can't. I think it was with Commonwealth where I ran a list that was entirely made up of healers. Um, <laughs> It was the most. I didn't. I don't, don't think I won because I couldn't really pick up. No one was very good at doing anything else. But <laughs> it was it was annoying for Jack because he could never kill anyone. Yeah. Um, because everyone just healed someone in every activation. <laughs> <laughs> really annoying to play against. I think I took the Blood Annual, Quack, Fire Flavius, Eric, Mama Gimbal. And something else. It was just the most frustrating thing to play against because he, he, he in the end, in the end, he gave up trying to do damage because it was pointless. Um, but yeah, anyway. So one thing I liked as well, which I, I can't remember if you did any other videos or not, is you did a really nice summary at the end of each turn, um, where you like showed the whole board, and that was really good. I really liked that because it meant I could because when you do, and it's the same when I, when, I, when we do our recording in our games. Sometimes I forget when I'm recording close up. That other people can't. I can see. Um, So doing like a term summary where you see the whole board um, is really useful. Um, So on to turn two. Um, This is where it started to get a bit fruity, didn't it? Um, So Mama Gimbal did a normal kind of mother's love on Jack, and then did some extra did mother's wrath. Gertrude did some natural ordering. Um, did some shooting and stuff as normal. Freya did some healing, and then Diana got a bit screwed. <laughs> yeah, because tried to hold vibrations on Baron, and the, and, the, and the resist hand was all red. <laughs> Every single red was in his hand. Every single yeah. red. It um, was so because I was filming that it was so hard to keep a straight face and not give that away. Like I saw what hands Eli had um, against Chris, and. Uh, we were just like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, what are the odds of getting that hand? Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty ludicrous. Uh, but again, that's one of the great things about Moonstone is uh, how amazingly unpredictable this game is and the most unlikely yeah. of things to creep their way in somehow. <laughs> Chris's reaction when he saw we showed him the hand afterwards, but we couldn't actually film his reaction because it was... <laughs> Not for publication. <laughs> it was it was so funny. I, I, I was outraged, but I did also find it hilarious as well. Um, yeah. 
We were just yeah. about 15 minutes while we were just all laughing about it. Like, well, well, let's get serious now. Let's get serious. Back back to filming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I couldn't believe it when I saw it either. Yeah. I, I, I literally caused it to check. <laughs> like, that's actually all wow. Wow. No, it's actually all dead. I shed a little tear for you, Chris. Yeah. Thought, One of them things that happens. At least no catastrophes, though, so... Yeah, if it had five reds in the catastrophe, then you'd have been in for trouble. But on the plus side, it did then kill the Baron anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although not for long. Not for long. <laughs> not for long, no. But she did manage to kill him in the end after that anyway. Yeah. Um, but just to, you know, just because I think that Lauren didn't want to be outdone with the mental resist hand, she decided to do Brothers in Arms four times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a big way. That was something that that was something actually that Jack um, did quite. I think Tom thinks that Jack, reckons that Jack was one of the first people to do that. Um, oh, right. Do a mental level of brothers in arms. Um, he did it on me. He's done it on me a couple of times. Um, and yeah, he's just got all the cards. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. And it's just about it, is there? So um, it was kind I mean, of does... too much choice. Like actually deciding which ones I wanted to use. Yeah. <laughs> when you've got 17 out of 18 of the cards, as you did, you basically chose the defensive card knowing you're going to play a fall and swing. It's easy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so get to the get to Jack hitting bus nose in a moment. But um, so Quack, Quack brings back Baron, which is nice. Um, Wasp kills Gertrude, which is a bit sad, um, and then decides to just jab in the Baron for a bit of laugh. Yeah, didn't do anything, but why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing sometimes when you've got like one energy left, well, I'll just lob a jab in at someone. Yeah, um, Gwen uh, did a theory Lulu again on Eric. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, and then we went into the mental Jack hitting whistle-nose, but so you must have done you did 13 damage altogether, but you managed to ninja reaction the last one, which is always a, always a fun one to do. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely <laughs> knew that was coming out. It's like a favourite thing of Chris's to do is to take the ninja reactions. You think, you, you think you're just about to pull off something amazing and then whips out the ninja reactions. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you have one, did you play it that each pair had one event and one agenda? Yeah, that was yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what we so. did. We figured having like two cards each would have just been too much, especially with the upgrade cards as well. It, just, yeah. it would have been just too, like yeah, too, too many extra rules and too powerful, we, we probably would feel. So just, just one each. Yeah, no, that would have been mental. Um, then we had some healing, it's all kind of standard. Boulder hit Eric, and then Eric did his old uh, swap tactic, which is always fun as well. Um, swap for Jack. Um, this, yeah, this was another one. Another, I'm going skipping forwards a bit in this turn, turn two. Another bit of nice whispered secrets on um, with Silver Tongue. Right, you got off three times that time, did it on himself. Did it on Frey and a bluff was called and he wasn't bluffing, so he did it on Diana, and that's just like, oh man. 
Yeah. And Diana, Diana Binya, she had been energy, so she can't benefit from the energy, but just that nice bit of healing. I think I, um, I, think I used, it, used it to instantly reaction step, maybe. I think that's what I used the extra energy for to, to, to get away right. from, um, from melee, basically, to keep her at a safer distance. That makes sense. That's a, yeah, because I just noticed it's at the, towards the end of the turn. But actually, yeah, that's a really clever way of doing it. Good bit of forward plan. Um, and then again, you did a nice summary in a turn two again, showing the whole board. And I like all. I like. I really like all, all the text you've added as well. Um, oh yeah. That's uh, <laughs> you like... made me thank Chris for that. So um, I I was uh, working while he was editing the video, and when I came back to it, there was just all these little uh, captions <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just just figured, why not? Like. You know, I made like a few little uh, errors during filming it. It's too much to reset it back up. And I kind of think like, well, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Keep them in and write over it and write little funny messages in, in the middle. Um, yeah, definitely. Why not? Why not? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I do it on, I do it on R sometimes as well. Um, I think it adds something to it. It's nice. Um so turn two, you use Miraculous Recovery on the Baron, which is nice, because he must have been on, what, like, one health by that point at the end of turn two. Mm. Uh, yeah. So bringing it back up to full health is, is pretty nice. Um, had some harvesting. And also, uh, the one thing I liked on this, in beginning of turn three, is the Baron managed to shoot a troll to death. <laughs> that was <laughs> so there was some uh, so being on teams like we couldn't really discuss our tactics uh, out loud because um, yeah. everyone was in the room so there was some furious whatsapp uh, messaging going on <laughs> with me and Eli about exactly what was going to be best tactically uh, while the others kind of sat there and stared at us like come on get on with it we're like no we need to discuss this <laughs> oh that is some that is some goblin level sneaky tactics that is <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, that I mean, yeah, I am usually a goblins player, so yeah, yeah, show you that. That's brilliant. That's brilliant stuff. Um, I mean, I mean, a troll is a good target for the Baron anyway because he gets plus two cards. Um, I can just—that's one of those one of those I love about the game is like the the sort of narrative moments you get in it. There's this troll like limping around, and Baron just goes, "Huh," and just pops, puts him down with a pistol. <laughs> like, yeah, perfectly. Like, you know, you're a dirty little troll. I'll bullet in the head. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like the, the narrative you can build with this game is fantastic, isn't it? Um, uh, it definitely is. It definitely is. Yeah. And then Boulder. Does Boulder then? Did Boulder? Because Boulder hits Jack. Did Boulder uh, kill Jack? Oh, actually, can't remember now. I yeah, I can't remember. He killed, killed someone. Um, I think yeah. It, it may well have been because I think I seem to remember that at the end of that turn it was just Quarrel and Mama Gimble left or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I can't remember that exact detail actually. <laughs> On the plus side, you had another Stone Song fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor, poor Mike is again just a game of spectacular hands or, or rubbish basically. Uh, but yeah. uh, it, it, it does happen. It's because he wasn't actually singing. I mean, we told him if you if you actually sing while you're doing the singing the moonstones out the ground, then it will work a lot better. But he refused to sing, so he's only got himself. Uh, oh, yeah, exactly. He's got himself to blame for that. He has. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, then some face standard stuff. Diana doing hitting the Baron, and again by healing the Baron, Hera healing himself. 
and then Wasp manages to finish off the Baron again, so he dies again. Yep. Um, twice. Um, <laughs> I don't know because the Baron is such a git. <laughs> I don't yeah. him at all. Um, so I, I think that was maybe their thinking behind it, just keep bringing the Baron back, because um, like with Bristol Nose, when I was kind of stepping him out, there was a much better melee target, which was Gwendolyn. But it's, it's like, well, what if Bristol Nose is still alive and then gets healed up and comes in and just like, slaps Jack um, the, yeah. the next turn. So we had that kind of thing going on with the Baron because he, he was just right in our faces the entire game. Can't ignore him, have to kill him. So, yeah, he died. I literally yeah. think he died about three, three it times. It was three times, total. yeah. And, um, and maybe the times we could yeah. kill him. There were obviously <laughs> other uh, characters that we could have brought back and we did have a bit of a chat about that. Like, tactically, would it have been better to bring Braddock back, for example? Um, but we... In the end, we just kept going with the Baron because he had uh, he had that speed, um, he has the melee ability. It just gave, gave him a bit more to think about um, than bring back one of the other characters, really. Yeah, yeah. He's also got the legendary that you can do as well. What have got legendary for? He's like special ability where you can bring back energy on everyone, which um, you didn't manage to get off on anything in the game, but um, that can be useful as well. Um, so then there's just a load of healing, and Freya goes for some mental healing by because was that was, was was Freya's healing was that that mental bluff you just call him bluffing all the time again? Yeah, just, because because he knows we're looking for a bluff. He it's just completely random whether he says bluff or or true. Yeah, and it's completely random. Um, and like it gets to a point sometimes where he gets a bit greedy. He's got a catastrophe in his hand and he wants to use it. Yeah, <laughs> getting hot, hot in his fingers. I think you even hear him at the end. Of a load of healing, he just goes, "Damn, I wanted to get that off so bad because it yeah. had a catastrophe in his hand." <laughs> it didn't really work for him because she basically healed up all the fairies, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, like literally back to to maximum again, apart from I think one had one damage to them. And yeah, so it was like kind of unlucky on his part, but you, you understand because Freya, if she does bluff, she gets free energy, and Silver Tongue gets another two. Which is another whispered secret, giving someone else more. Um, yeah, I know. It's a, it's a scary thing to do. Um, yeah. yeah, it's even more scary with Foxglove. Um, yeah. Because the damage yeah. output that, that he can do is scary. Yeah, um, it's really sad with Foxglove. I've never actually got him to work, I've never actually drawn the cards I need to do anything major. Um, I think I've just got to keep playing with him and, and wait till I get that, that lucky hand. Um, I've never played him with uh, Muradai, though, to give him that extra card. I think that'll probably make a big difference. Yeah, yeah, no, Muradai's pretty good in that. Um, and then this is what I really like. I've got some other... So in the summary, you've tried to come up with a, with a term for a collection of fairies. Yeah, what have we got? <laughs> have you got one? <laughs> You, you called it, you, you called it an irritant of fairies. I had a few other ideas. Okay. <laughs> I've got I've got a mischief of fairies. Okay. Uh, I've I, I tried to come up with something to do with like Trixie and Trickster. So I've got a Trixie of fairies. <laughs> uh, I've got a ploy of fairies as well. I'm trying to think of like like or or uh, like a, a spite of fairies or something. Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah, really that nice. one. Yeah, that's Mi definitely in the a mischief there. or a spite of uh, fairies. I, I, I liked your one quite a lot. I liked an irritant. That made me laugh quite a lot, an irritant of fairies. <laughs> yeah, whenever I play uh, one on 
one with him. They definitely are. That is the collective term for them. They're yeah. extremely irritating. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And then it's into, well, the end game, really, turn four. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely gets quite mental here. Because um, you decide to bring the band back again. So he's alive again for the third time. Um, At that point, it was really kind of just for fun because, like, we yeah. kind of felt there was very, very slim chance of us even being able to win. So we might as well just bring him back and, yeah, <laughs> why not? Yeah. It's a bit of a nan and nan kind of moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but so then you got some, you got some shots on people and things, and the boulder hits, boulder hits Mama Gimbal. Was that, was that when she dies? Yeah, then she dies then. Yep. And, and punched by a troll. And then Diana decides to injure everyone around her. Yep. Literally Big everyone. Time. Um, so time. I actually had a really... Oh, I can't even remember. Um, I really can't remember. It, it got to a point where I think I, uh, I damaged maybe all but one of the fairies. So I got an extra 10 cards on top of her. Four, I think it was 14. I think it was... It was really insane. I had a really good uh, chat with, uh, I really hope I say this right, right uh, Paolo on the Moonstone uh, players yeah. chat. They had a really interesting talk um, because they believe that um, they wouldn't damage their fairies that much. Um, and I was like, I was like, oh no, sometimes like, I'm always in a good position to do so. Like, why, why not? He was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe uh, I'd try like melee and it was really interesting the fact we'd like use the same character in two completely different ways. Um, and I really understood what they were saying about you know not damaging your fairies because you want them to have their energy. That's kind of their strong point, and taking that away is not a great thing. Um, but then doing it in turn four, that's not really so much of an issue. So yeah, it's so the perfect time to do. Turn four yeah. is a good time to do it, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah, you're not ready to play until the end of next turn. Um, and you managed to kill the Baron and Mama Gimbal, but looks things. Um, yep. That's what I mean, I've got here. If there'd been a turn five, you know, the Baron would have been back. That was a really... Uh, uh, another one of those really fun moments in the game where you just had a mental... But kind of like the, the, the young Jack with like 17 melee cards. Seeing Diana with like fourteen arcane cards, that must be just terrifying as the opponent. Yeah, which was which was me actually. So yeah, I can confirm it was. You, you just can't call a bluff because he's almost unless he unless he calls a card that you do actually have in your hand. Which why would he? To be honest, like yeah, exactly. Why would he bluff? He's going to have at least a red too. Um, <laughs> and then then it's just some harvesting after that, and that's the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but and they all went down the path. So Walter did get to use his wheelbarrow to carry uh, Baron von Fancy Hat to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I like that at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I've got a couple of uh, some of those we've talked about already, like uh, the notes I made at the end. Um, some of it's about the recording and stuff, and I've some like, like I said, I really like the added text. Uh, I really like the summaries, the end of the turns. Um, they were really useful for um, like seeing how the, where the game was at, like the game state was really useful. Um, Diana was just 
beautiful, really. That's how it actually as a fairy player, I think she's beautiful. She just yeah. absolutely brutal in that game. Um, I'm so proud. It's like literally the best I've ever like really done in a in a game. Um, and it was filmed, so there's actual proof. <laughs> I'm really good. Yeah, I seem to film the ones that I lose. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I thought it was quite brave taking Diana without Gotchka. Like, I'm all, I'm genuinely scared to take her without a bodyguard. Um, I don't think I've ever really taken her for a long time. I haven't taken her for a long time without a bodyguard. Um, it's, it's usually Gotchka. I mean, he can't take Brun, and he can't take Brunhilde because she's Commonwealth only. Um, yeah. Yeah, without Gotchka, I'm always a bit scared to take her without without Gotchka. But you you did it really well. Um, I mean, she just did whatever she wanted in that game, didn't she? Um, yeah, I mean the I think the the kind of um, key when you're taking her without Gotchka is you have to present seemingly bigger threats before her. So if you kind of look at the way I positioned her, uh, you know, you had. Um, Wasp on one side of her, you had Boulder the Troll on another side. Directly behind her was the fence. Um, I was just kind of like, well, if you're going to step in with, uh, step, step to Diana, uh, the fence is just going to poke you full of holes in like the fence's next turn. Um, so there's always that kind of kind of threat. Um, generally, um, sort of like trading models in this game is not the way to go forward. Where like you go, right, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to use this one to kill this one, but then this one will get killed because the one behind it on the other side will then kill that one. It's generally not, not a not a great way to go. You want to keep as much alive as possible for as long as you can. Um, or maybe that's just the way I play. Um, I don't know. I think you're right in, in like trading, unless the model, unless you're trading it like a model that's crucial to the build the person's got. Like, yeah. like, like, like against goblins, I would probably trade like a melee character of mine who's relatively independent if I was killing Shabaroon because he's oh, yeah. often quite a linked character and same with like the Goblin King in a Goblin King list um, I, 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 like if you can kill off the mortician in yeah. trading for something else that's quite a useful one because then you're stopping them bringing back people or, or if you can kill off the Goblin King but, like, but yeah I think you're right most of the time trading models like for like for killing for the sake of kills is not really worth it because actually that's not the point of the game anyway you're trying to get Moonstones so yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, it, looked, it, looked, it did look like a really good game. Um, it looked like a lot of fun. Um, what were your What are your thoughts on the upgrade cards? You mentioned them a little bit at the end, but um, how did you, I know that I know that you didn't get to use wheelbarrow? Um, but how how what do you think about them generally? I think they're a really really good idea. Um, I think the more recent ones that have come out are a lot better um, than the than the, the previous ones, the, the version two ones. The uh, the work that's been done to them has uh, kind of finessed them a little bit. And it's kind of, again, uh, we saw so we had like Boulder had like the wheelbarrow, which he never used. Um, it's again, a, a lot of this game is very situational. And that's what's very, very good about this game. Um, we found yeah, it very we, interesting, added brand new elements into the game. Um, very yeah, we, cool. we, we really liked it. Obviously, as we talked about earlier, the uh, the revival elixir has changed a bit, but I think it'd be interesting to see, even with that change, I think uh, that's really a great upgrade to have, that you've got that ability to bring characters back. It adds that extra element. And then the, uh, the constriction, so um, being able to give 
another character, the soldier trait works well when you're doing things that uh, with a lot of soldiers. Um, so that works quite well for us as well. Yeah, I mean, certain, certain upgrade cards are obviously built for certain um, lists. But like, yeah, like the conscription card could be really useful if you've got Eric or, or Agatha in it because she's, she's good, they're good with soldiers. Um, I've got here, I think the revival would be really good for fairies, actually. Um, because generally speaking, they are they are relatively close together. Um, so that four-inch bubble isn't too much of a problem because they've often got things they want, they want to go together. And it means you haven't got to worry quite so much about them getting killed. Um, and it's probably a good one for gnomes too, because gnomes are always really close together. Um, so if you if you give it if you gave it to someone like Mama Gimbal, who's usually in the middle of all her gnome friends, um, it means you can you can go go in with young Jack against Bristlenose and not worry too much if he dies. You just bring him back a bit further away. Mm. Yes, the I'd say the the upgrade cards just add such a uh, another really interesting element. Exactly the same as the event and agenda cards um, really puts like a spin on things and um, like a, a adds an extra element of surprise. Uh, the one I'm really looking forward to is I think it's called Royal Service and it's a special fairy one um, and it allows you oh, let's hope I get the wording right I think Lauren's just trying to find it for me so I don't make a fool of myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's something like if you're within four inches Oh, six inches of a noble, you can spend an energy and lose weakling, but if you're not, you suffer two wounds on top of that as well. And it's really good for uh, Moonstone Harvesting. I'm really excited to use that. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're talking a lot about that um, on the on the chat as well. And actually watching that uh, evolve as it sort of went on, like, well, how about this? Or how about if I tweaked it like this? Um, I think we all agreed out of the, I think there's about four different options in the end, like this one was the best one. It was really um, fitting for the theme, like, like you, it's good to be within a noble, like uh, six inches. Um, in fact, it does two wounds if you're not as well. It doesn't make it useless because if you know your opponent's got that, you just try and kill Diana as quickly as possible. Uh, but still two wounds to a fairy is quite, quite a detriment, but... So yeah. obviously Moonstone is like a legend as well. So <laughs> yeah, and, and anything that takes that takes weakling off a fairy is going to be useful because it's it's all about the um the uh, yeah picking up the Moonstone. So yeah, I'll I tell you what, I've never actually used uh, Wasp's Rage before. Um, I've never actually used that. Uh, I tend to find he's better off throwing javelins instead. Um, so he he does have I, that. I've used it before. I've only ever really used it to help dig up moonstones. Um, I've never really used it for for melee. Um, yeah, only from only for moonstone carrying. To be fair, I think. Yeah, I think again, it's one of very situational um, abilities. So he's, you know, if, if he's not able to throw a javelin, he could like potentially help a fairy dig a moonstone with his energy. Um, but I've never actually got round to using it. I've, I've usually got wasp wasp up front and. Ready to uh, to throw things at people. Yeah, I've used it. I remember I've used it before. <clears throat> I've used it before with with Tito. Um, oh, that's a nice. Because she, has, because she has a mental amount of energy, I was able to pick up 
the user energy to pick up a three moonstone and a two moonstone in one activation. Nice. Really nice. Uh, yeah, I'm always worried about using Tito and not leaving the free energy on her. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, I'm not well, about the fairy, except for that one. I think it's just because she's got that ability. I don't want to, <laughs> don't want to not use it if the if it comes up. That is a really yeah. Good... Well, it never. I mean, I remember it did come up in one of your previous games. It tends never to come up because you would never actually cast an ability on her in the first place. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's just it's just a defense. It's I mean, she can't get shot at. Um, but um, yeah, I like I like T Tito is one of my favourite theories. To, I mean, it's hard in like when you've got like a four a list of four, but in a in a six fairy list, I find it hard not to take Tito. Um, yeah. She's one of the best Moonstone carriers there is. Um, she's so manoeuvrable with six energy because because she, she you know with a jog she, she she's a good candidate for wheelbarrow actually because she can grab yeah. Moonstone and then still move ten inches afterwards. Because you can still do a four-inch jog and then move six inches with all our energy. It's just like mental how far she can go. Um, but yeah, I think the upgrade cards are, are, are a nice idea. Um, not for like tournament play, obviously, but they, yeah. they definitely add something to um, to games to people who want them. Um, and they, they're, they're nice because they're quite a simple... I like the fact that they're a simple addition. So you just... At the moment, the rules I think are going to be that you can pick, take one upgrade card per three models you have. Yeah. Um, it's nice. One of the things I like about Moonstone is that nothing has a points value. So everyone will have access to the same upgrade cards and you can just take the ones that you want. Um, and there's no kind of preference for either side. Um, you haven't got to pay for them in any way. Um, and, and I quite like that. I think, I think they should be quite fun. I'll probably, I'll probably see if Jack wants to use them in our, in our next game. Um, uh, we're going to play 6v6, so we'll get two each. We can have a look at them, really. Um, but I think I think in my game, which I'm hopefully playing either Thursday or Friday, I think I'm going to take a full giant list. Oh, wow. <laughs> you you yeah. take your brother Daniel with that as well. Yeah, it's probably going to be Brother Daniel, Kaufman, and then Gotchgut, Brunhilde, Dim and Dimmer and Lubard. Oh wow! <laughs> Just it depends what Jack says he's taking. Because if he's taking a full art, if he's taking a really brutal arcane list, then they will die. Um, because everything that, everything that hits them will be plus two. But if he's not, that list is just so hard to kill. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and 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 it means that because Kaufman, Kaufman is one of the best. Parts of bits of board control you could possibly have when he's throwing bags of gold everywhere, and when he's virtually unkillable because you've got Brunhilde and Gotchkut next to him, he's just the most infuriating person to play against. <laughs> yeah. he, you know, it's just it's horrific. I remember I remember I played a game against Tom quite a while ago. It was actually about, about this time last last year sometime. I took Kaufman and I just totally screwed him over by putting bags of gold all over the place. Um, and it basically won me the game because basically I managed to grab I think I think I just three moonstones. That's all I need. I managed to grab three moonstones, and those, those two characters legged it while Kaufman just sat there dropping gold, so his characters couldn't follow me. He's <laughs> he's a, a really interesting miniature actually, and like the the rules for him are really really interesting. He 
on face value, he doesn't look particularly great in any any way whatsoever. And I think um, I think Eli might have tested him at the first place. He, he basically yeah. said he wasn't too sure about it. And I kind of went over with him, and I was like, sort of like reenacting like possible events and stuff. And um, yeah, when we both realised uh, just the insane things that he could do to people, make people do. Because as soon as you put that uh, bag of gold down, is it within like four four inches? You have to you have to jog towards I think, it. And I think it's within six inches. I feel like I play his card quickly. I've got them here. It's it's more than that. I think it's even, I think it's even further away than that. Oh wow. Um, um, can't remember off the top of my head. I haven't used him for a while. I haven't used anyone for a while. Played for Rangers apart from against Tom. Um, Kaufman, money bag. Yeah, it's with it's within it's if, if within so place a thirty mil diamond to die gold within six inches and line of sight of this model. Mains in play, but is immediately removed if any models in best contact with it. Whenever another model has a jog or step action while within six inches, so within six inches. Oh wow, yeah. It's it, it's a jog or a step, so you can do reaction steps away from it. And that was me and Tom discussed that now. That was really specifically done. It's that you can do reaction steps away from it. Um, because we, otherwise we just thought it is too powerful if you literally can't move away from it. Because it's got basically a 12-inch diameter aura around a bag of gold, which you can't leave otherwise. So it's a six-inch one. Um, and then shower of gold is a six-inch point. And you choose a point on all other models within four inches of that chosen spot, have to move two inches directly toward it. So you can suck everyone in. If you can find a way to give him an extra energy, which obviously you can with Brother Daniel, you can do Shower of Gold, draw everyone to one point, then stick a money bag in the middle of them, then none of them could leave. <laughs> I mean, one of them, you know, the, the first one can then go and step over the bag of gold and get rid of it, but then, that, then that's their move done, and they can't do anything else. So yeah. That means they can't move somewhere else. So he is, yeah, he is, I've used him a few times. Yeah, like you say, you read him first and think, well, he can't really do any damage at all. He can't do, he's not, he's not very good in melee. So what, what's he good for? Well, he's also got nine health as well. So he's quite hard to kill. Um, he's, and he can nick moonstones off people as well. So being able to nick moonstones off people is also really useful. He's really good. He's really good against the Revenant. Yeah, because the like, lack of energy, um, the fact he can't die, so you can just <laughs> keep him away from you, just keep throwing a bag of gold. Yeah, you, keep, you, you can throw bags of gold to keep him away from your money bags, but also, because if, if the Revenant's got a moonstone, it can be really hard to get it off him, whereas Kaufman can get it off him. Yeah. So he's, really, he's, he's a really good anti-Revenant. I think the only better anti-Revenant is probably Swiggity Swooty, um, the, the pirate goblin with the octopus. Uh, what, what's yeah. his ability? Because he's got an ability where he can steal a passive ability off you. Yeah. So he can literally steal the Revenant's undying ability and then kill him. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's quite clever. I've uh, never thought about that before. Yeah, that's he, has to be, he has to be really close to him, but it's one of the most horrific things to the face of the Revenant. You can just you, can stop giving problem. Lauren tips, please? Yeah, I mean, they're... they're... <laughs> It probably wouldn't be an issue because it's I'm usually the one that's playing the Revenant or playing Swiggy Sweetie. Um, like Chris is usually fairies, but uh, I guess now you're probably giving him ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, he's that's a good one. Um, 
Kaufman could have been quite a good addition in this list, actually, because he's quite good at controlling fairies, but then you'd, you'd also want... You'd need Gotra with him. He'd have just died very quickly to fairies otherwise. Yeah. But he's quite good. I mean, he's quite good against just about everyone, to be fair, because the way he controls the board. Because he can just keep people away from moonstones. Like, you, you drop back goal behind behind the front line of fairies, and suddenly Boulder can't go and get that moonstone anymore. He's got to, he's got to get rid of the bad goal first. So I thought fairies w- w- probably would have been um, the better defence because of the amount of energy they have. Um, so they could just like reaction step out of the bubble because it's unlikely you're going to place that bag of gold at their feet or anywhere near them. You kind of want it like free. Uh, you're going to place it. Yeah. But then, then you're making them spend energy. So oh, it's, it's, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You, you are you are right in the sense that they, they can react to step away more without having to lose too much energy. But you are then making them spend energy just to get away from something, rather than doing some of their other stuff. So, um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, we were actually thinking um, for our next film video, uh, we we're going to ask the uh, Moonstone players, uh, the community, what our list should be. Um, so we're quite happy to play as uh, to anything basically. Um, and yeah, we'll. We'll uh, make it the Moonstone player's choice. Yeah, we thought that'd be quite interesting to see what other people pick for us and then how that works out. So, yeah, so, uh, community, you pick for me really well. Yeah, Lauren, don't think about too much. Don't worry about that. It's <laughs> okay, <laughs> Lauren, I'll help you because you lost this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 always, I always support the underdog, so Lauren's lost a couple of games. So I'm going to support her. Yeah, I, I have to win sometime. So yeah, it's she, gonna she, honestly, she wins. She wins off camera. Like, it's so just whatever we the film. The last game we played, so I kicked his butt horribly. Yeah, yeah I'm I, just a two player. Yeah, so it was. Uh, I died so quickly and shamefully. It was. Uh, it was really bad. <laughs> you using that one? Were you goblins in that one, or? I was, but um, it was the Goblin King, uh, the Mortician, uh, Ribolds. Um, who else did I take? Can't think now. Uh, no. Yeah, was it Fifi? Um, no, Shabaroon. Oh, Shabaroon. Yeah, because he Shabaroon. was using his uh, transcombobulation to move. It was basically a run-in, grab moonstones and run away list, which worked really well. <laughs> yeah, incredibly well. I think, uh, who, who did I take? Baron. Oh, and it was Doug, wasn't it, as well? Oh, Doug as well. Yeah. I think I had... I missed that one. Baron, Eric, Flintlock. What else did I have? Oh, I, can't remember. I can't remember now. I mean, they're on the they're on the board, like doing things to me for so little yeah, time. Quiet. Just uh, you know, it's not in my brain anymore. Yeah, yeah, they, they, <laughs> I got wiped out completely. Basically, I was um, all the moonstones were dug. Um, couldn't get oh, anything into yeah, melee. Couldn't King get to shoot anything. Um, basically, the goblin kings just took the moonstones off everyone who had a moonstone, and then just ran away. So Chris couldn't yeah. possibly hid uh, behind a, a wooded patch. Yeah. With like ribald guard in one side of it, so I couldn't go around that side or even go near it because who wants to be shot by uh, by ribald? And um, I think D- Doug was guarding the other yeah. side, and, and then it was Chevron just so was much of a longer route for me to go through. Move people around and heal people. Yeah, yeah it was See, it's a difficult list that one. It's a difficult list that 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 Goblin King list is a hard one to play against. What's- Really lucky as well, um, though, with the way that the moonstones uh, were placed, and um, that it was just perfect for me. Like the way the terrain was, the way the moonstones were, um, and the hands that I got. Um, Chris was quite unlucky, I think. 
Oh yeah, I've got some really unlucky hands, but um, again, it's just it's one of those things that Moonstone that makes it beautifully unpredictable. Um, yeah. I think um, a good, like more even matchup would probably be someone uh, like the fairies, for example. Um, yeah, because... we we have said so. I'm going to play my list again, and he's going to choose a different army. So maybe we'll film that one. Yeah, See maybe. But quite a good one against that. If you've got a lot of wooded patches, a good list is um, fawns because they've got a couple of models that ignore wooded patches. Yeah, and so jog right over them. Wendigo, I think oh, he's gone here actually. I think Wendigo, yeah, he can ignore. He can jog over water features and wooded patches as well, so they can get through the woods really easily. Yeah, Jada uh, can do that yeah, as well. Jada can do that. have just got the uh, the hunting horns box, so I imagine that's uh, the fawns are going to be coming out to play very soon. <laughs> And obviously, um, Boris is really good against that list as well, because he just swamps ribald with bunnies. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think I said before, I really, I really don't like Boris. He just messes with me so much as a fairy player. Like, it negates yeah. absolutely everything. I really do, uh, do struggle against him. Which um, is probably why a housemate loves him. Yeah. <laughs> just, just watch yeah. me every time another bunny comes out. <laughs> <laughs> He is quite hard to play against. He's quite hard to, he's quite hard to play against. Um, yeah. he's, he's also quite, he's particularly good in a forward list, I think. Definitely. Yeah, I think Eli's got plans for that. As soon as we said we've got the uh, hunting horns box, you just saw his eyes light up. <laughs> and, it, and he was like, right, I need to get Boris ready. <laughs> and everyone else just kind of grew. Yeah, I really like, I really like forward lists at the moment. That's kind of what I was, if I wasn't going to play Giants can't get Jack up. I mean, they're not painted, and I like to have like their list painted. I've done probably he's he's used fawns quite a bit. He 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 did a lot of playtesting for the fawns, um, and it's like surprising because you look at them individually and they don't look that powerful, but as a unit, they can, they've got so much movement stuff. Like Jada is just jumping around all over the place because she ignores wooded wooded patches and. Water features. She can just, like draw people in and then leg it over a lake, and they can't follow her. It's like, oh crap! <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it's like a really good bridge. It's almost like um, like half human, half fairy kind of like list and synergy sort of feel to it. But it it doesn't even feel like either one of them. But if I had to place them somewhere, it it, it would definitely be there. Um, yeah, like decent but, amounts of energy. Um, decent hitting power, work really, really well together. Um, Mr. Toodles is a really interesting little little yeah. git as well. <laughs> he's definitely a little git, I reckon. He, he's almost a fairy with his gittiness, isn't he? Uh, yeah, his, um, I think his, his signature just made me laugh. Is it called, like, Panic and Flea or something? Yeah, I've got it in front of me. It's called Panic and Flea, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's good about it is one of the ones because he moves his model three inches directly away from the enemy. So if he gets more than one low guard, he's only got many of two. But let's say you've got two low guards, suddenly he's moved six inches away. Yeah, yeah. well you can um, you can get get extra two melee cards anyway. Since he's losing all of his energy, you might as well spend it there and then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think that lullaby is just horrible. Um, target model must discard half its energy rounding up. Terrible, like, what? absolutely terrible. It's, but it's also it's also a free heal if you want it because it restores two wounds. So if you've got a friendly model that suffered two wounds and has no energy on them, you just cast that instead. Yeah, yeah, really good. 
it's also a really fun model. It's just a hippie playing a flute. Uh, yeah, uh, I, was, I was saying that he looks like uh, Mr. Tumnus from The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Uh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, the, the, the BBC version from like when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he's, 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 a, he's a fun one. Um, yeah, I think fawns look like they could be really interesting. They've got, they've got a lot of synergies as well. Like Chubbs, Chubbs is really good with them. Um, yeah, so they, they, they could be quite good. I think, I think they will be good. Um, I've got my other cards now, but yeah, I'm quite excited about it. I think, I think they're the ones I'm most, most looking forward to, to using again. Um, it's tricky now because I haven't played for so long. I want to play everything. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, I would love to um, play so many more games, but like, uh, what as I say, what I've been doing at the moment is you know playing 10, 15 different games in a week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd really love to play a lot of the other factions in, in much more depth, um, especially if I'm going to be doing uh, demo games where I played as the, the humans the other day. Um, but yeah, just unfortunately, don't, don't get the time in. <laughs> no, no, but um, yeah, look, very much looking forward to having a game on game this week, hopefully. Um, yeah, cool. Well, I think we'll um, I think we'll leave it there. I think we've just covered, covered the game quite well. Is anything, is anything you want to sort of add about the game? I know we've kind of gone off our tangent for the last like, 15 minutes, which is, which is cool, but uh, <laughs> is there anything you wanted to add about the about the the battle, the battle port, or not? I think we. Kind of uh, no, I, I think I think we covered it really well. Um, we was very happy that uh, we got a lot of the like magic moments on on camera. That that was really really good. Um, yeah, it was just it was just really stupid fun, really stupid fun. Um, as I say, like, upon watching it, it looks like it's a really one sided battle. Hundred uh, percent, it was not. Um, it really wasn't. It was very even until I think the end of the third round um, and then we I think we sort of clinched the upper hand quite a bit that it was very difficult for them to recover from that um, but yeah we, we got very lucky with some bits and unlucky with other bits <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah I don't, don't think with it, it, yeah it probably does come across as slightly not massively one-sided towards fairies a little bit um, but more because you were killing stuff yeah <laughs> You, know, you killed Braddock in turn one, Baron died, Gertrude died. So it's because you were killing stuff. But then, as you said before, the game is not about killing stuff. It's about getting moonstones. Yeah. You're also failing miserably with boulder to pick up anything. So Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you, sometimes you can kill half the, the opposition troop, but the one person that's left has got three moonstones. So, um, so yeah, I think it looked, it looked like a one-sided battle in terms of death, but not necessarily in terms of victory yeah yeah it was um it was a real struggle sort of like uh holding the ground and um i think the tactic with bristle nose um i think i imagine a lot of people were kind of questioning like questioning why i uh, allowed nine damage to happen to me and i guess it's just because you don't know whether the next two hits are going to be more than nine i guess <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's why i waited until the last minute and i was you know, just baiting Jack away because you don't want to leave Bristle Nose alive because all he needs to do is get insatiable hunger off on a severely weakened model. 
he's got back full health. He's got two energy again, and he's free to cause havoc again. So, um, yeah, it was uh, just so much of a threat. You can't ignore him. So I think that's why Gwendolyn stayed alive. But yeah, any other things you want to talk about? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think we covered the battle pretty pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah like I say, it looked like a really fun game. I definitely recommend everyone everyone goes and watches it. Um, it's it's good to see. Also, what I thought was really nice about it is it really showed how well and how fun four player games are. Yeah, um, I think like yeah. probably heard laughing off every every play we did. Yeah. Like, everything just ended up being just really. Just dumb, dumb fun, absolutely dumb fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think because I think um, like the, the don't get me wrong, like two play games are great, are great fun. But I think one of the things that can happen when you play a lot of two play games, you end up getting a bit competitive. Um, yeah, I'm trying to beat that person again. Like when me and Jack play, it's like well, I, want to, I want to beat Jack because I'm going to beat Jack. Yeah, yeah. When you're playing a three, four player game, it's like no, I'm just doing this for fun because I'm going to see what what shenanigans I can pull on this and <laughs> screw you over in the best way we can. But if it doesn't work, solid. <laughs> you know, it's not it, it's not as competitive. I right the, the difference because um, we have been playing a lot of four player, and then uh, when Chris and I were playing two player, it's a completely different kind of experience. Um, I think we kind yeah. of, in a sense, like how different it is uh, depending on the number of players that you have. I mean, it was still fun. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah, we still really enjoyed fun. it. It was really fun, but it's fun in a different way. Um, and I think uh, with the four of us as well, we kind of mix it up. So there's always different alliances and different people helping other people out. And you don't get that really in the two-player because you can't form an alliance. So. No. I also thought it was cool, cool that you did uh, four four models per, per person rather than three. Because the, 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 the typical four-player is three um is obviously three per per person so you have 12 models on the board but something quite fun about having a mentally packed board yeah yeah it was it was uh, really really different and um it, it really did like add, add a lot to it as well because um again you get get synergies a little bit higher between all the models um it was actually a little bit easier to pick four models and three i must say actually uh, but I think again we've talked about that before. Where the less you have, the harder it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because I it definitely, yeah, yeah, it is definitely harder to do that. Another another fun one to do sometimes is, is to do two headed giant. So you agree on like a faction, like well, yeah, we'll play Dominion. But you, you don't talk to your partner about what you're going to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be quite interesting. Uh, that's quite a fun one. So the um, person you partner up with, don't tell them what you're taking. Oh, okay, yeah, that could be very. I mean, you you each play the same faction, really. So, like you'd say, oh, well, we're going to do Commonwealth, but you don't tell them which one you're going to take. So sometimes you can end up with like two Mama Gimbals on the board. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't think that could happen for some reason. Is that allowed to happen? Yeah. Well, it, if you're not doing drafting, it can happen. Yeah. If oh. you're doing it for fun, as you want. I mean, obviously, one person can't take two of the same. Yeah. yeah. We have I don't doing that because uh, we do have two copies of quite a lot of the, the characters. So, yeah, we have <laughs> talked about we could have like the same list, like playing each other, which would just be yeah, mental. Insane. Two morticians. Oh, my God. 
imagine that? Oh, you've killed two models this turn. Well, that's irrelevant because they're both coming back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, so that's really interesting. Would they both, because they're both friendly models, would the mortician get, each mortician get two extra energy for each one that's dead? Yeah, yeah they would. Word, yeah. Really nasty. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know yeah. that's going to happen now. We <laughs> 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 have to give it a try. Cool. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. I think we've covered everything. It's been nice. We're going to have a chat. So we'll um, I'll, uh, stop the recording if I can remember how. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are you going? Yeah, I'll stop the recording there, guys. So thanks a lot. Um, it was very nice to it was very nice to do a to do a podcast about a battle report that I wasn't involved in, because um, I've done a couple about my own reports, but it was nice to sort of be able to ask questions and things about a different ones. So yeah, thanks a lot for coming on, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh no, it's it's, it's, it's we we really enjoyed, yeah, it, we really enjoyed about it. Uh, talking about it too. So uh, very uh, happy that you invited us to do this. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You'll be pleased to know as well. I'll just add, add one last thing in just to. To tease you a little bit, Chris. Yeah. But, um, just before I set up this to record, I've recorded a, a, a whole new, and I'm not, I've recorded, because this is episode 29, I've already recorded episode 30, which is a narrative one, and it's about fairies. Yeah! <laughs> yeah no one's going to be able to see what he's doing. Yeah. Just, just to describe to the people listening, like he's, he's uh, very, very excited. Uh, he's not recording anymore. Oh. <laughs> No, it's still recording. It's still recording. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah. So that, that that'll come up like a week later. But yeah, you've got that to look forward to. Yeah, cool. Everyone's right. gonna bundle into my room again. Yeah. 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 Bedtime stories for us. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope you like it. Um, it's like it's actually it'll actually be a slightly longer narrative one um, than the couple the previous two. The story's slightly longer. Um, I mean, you might recognise them because you might have read them because I think they are available in the Goblin group, but um, I hope you enjoy them anyway. But yeah. Oh, definitely. Cool. Right, so thanks a lot. Voice, mate, all night. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, let's leave it there. Cheers, guys. Uh, thank you very thank much. You.